Hello, I'm James Miller, broadcaster, author, journalist, man on a mission. No, that's the other podcast. That's the Brexit Breakdown, which you can also listen to today. This is the return of Political Yeti's Politics Podcast. I'm still James Miller, and I'm joined by Kirsty Blackman, Deputy Leader of the SNP in Westminster and MP for Aberdeen North. Well done, you got it right. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting good at that. And by... John Walker, who is political editor for, uh, what's it called, Birmingham Live now? Birmingham is that your Live, official yeah. title? There's no more, no more newspapers. Newspapers are dead. Uh, well, well, they still exist, but uh, it used to be the Birmingham Mail and the Birmingham Post, the two newspapers, and now the focus is on the online offering, which we call Birmingham Live. Well, if that's Birmingham Live, presumably the newspapers are Birmingham dead. No, they're still alive. <laughs> oh, okay. So everyone's everyone's Birmingham Live, but you just don't call. I don't want to get you in trouble with your bosses and their silly rebranding. Let's be honest. But that's what's going on here. Um, let's start with uh, it's back. It's the jingle that everyone loves. It's PMQs in review. Um, right, let's start with this PMQs. It was quite empty, the chamber. Everyone noticed there was not that many. There was a few empty seats on the green benches and in the uh, press gallery. Um, really, it's, it's quite difficult to tell when you're actually in there. Like, it yeah. didn't feel empty from where I was sitting. But then where where the SNP sits, you kind of, you can just see like the front benches really, yeah. you know, you can see the, the Tory benches. You can benches, just see the Scottish Tories opposite. Um, and also you can see kind of that line of people that stand along the bar of the house. Yes. Um, it's quite often female Tory MPs it's nowadays. It's all the female whips, isn't it? They've obviously it's got the f- a, yeah. an order to stand there so that when that sh- side shot shows Theresa May in, uh, in profile, there's lots of... Uh, uh-huh. Not white men standing at the bar, even though obviously most stories are white men. So because because of all of that, you can't really tell when you're actually in the chamber. Um, yeah. You know how how busy it is, especially if you're near the front. Yeah. Mainly, you just get to look across at all those Scottish stories, baring their teeth at you and pointing fingers and stuff. Um, I, they seemed quite rowdy today, the old Scottish stories. Everybody was quite rowdy today, I thought. Yeah. I think, actually, Scottish Questions Day tends to bring that out. Yeah. Um, tends to bring out a bit of rowdiness among the, both the SNP and the, particularly the Scottish stories. Yeah, they well. had their attack dogs down the front. Old uh, Ross Thompson, Boris Johnson's best mate. Uh, Stephen, what's his name from Stoke? Stephen Kerr, who looks like Thanos <laughs> out of the Avengers. And uh, <laughs> Andrew Bowie. And who is generally regarded as uh, not one of the crazies in the, uh, the the Tory pack, but he was still being deployed as a attack dog today. Interesting. Do you notice these three, you know or are you I not even looking at them? I don't know how much. Do you blank them? Do you give them the side eye, as the kids say? Is that what you do? I don't know how much any of the kind of attack dog stuff is planned or is you know put in place beforehand, or how much of it is actually just luck, um, and you know the the, the kind of where they happen to sit and things like that. Is that intentional? I don't yes. know. Yes. Come on, mm. don't you think? I don't know. I mean, know. you've got... Um, what's his name? John Lamont sitting up the back. Yeah. You know, quiet, sensible as these things go, sort of Scottish story up the back, just watching it all going on. And you've got Ross Thompson down the front showing abuse at you. Do they you... choose to sit because they're like, right, we're going to go and give it all that to the Nats today, yeah? Well, maybe because we don't plan these things. I assume that other people don't plan these things, so... Well, yeah. uh, I, you know, you say that, but again, I was going to mention the SNP front bench because um, there was you, mm-hmm. there was um, giant man baby Patrick Grady, 
And, that's not nice. Uh, <laughs> that's just fair. Uh, Tommy Shepard, another senior member of the team, yep. and uh, Joanna Cherry and Ian Blackford. I mean, that's all the the top team. Come on, you all sat there on purpose, right? Well, yeah. Generally, generally, front benchers sit on the front bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got loads of front of... benchers, and they've only got actually got five <laughs> seats on the front bench because of those really annoying Labour people the, who won't give up their seats. The other thing that we generally do is the person who's the question session before PMQs stays on the front bench right. for PMQs. Uh, I see, and that um, was you. No, it was Tommy, because it was oh, okay. Scotland questions. But you did have a, a, I had a question you had a supplementary. questions, oh, okay. yes. He was the lead. I see. Uh, and yes, I saw Ian Blackford and Joanna Cherry having a little chat, having a little giggle. Yeah, I don't know what they were I don't know what they were giggling about, but um, But they're like sworn enemies, aren't they? No. They are. Aren't People they? in the SNP. Joanna Joanna Cherry enemies. is desperate to depose Ian Blackford. No. She is the Boris Johnson of the SNP ranks. No? No, that's that's really mean. Is you that, can't well, call her the all right, yeah, that is a bit that harsh. Is, all right, yeah, harsh. I didn't mean in that way, um, but you know, in the sense that she's out to get him. Do you know? I think they um, if put you in think, place a salmon disc, a salmon salmon supremacy. The Tories and have a look at the Labour Party. Yeah, uh, the SNP is incredibly united. Well, um, yeah, uh, I mean, does that is that really? It is, it is the case. Do yeah, you know? but and you're it, comparing it to two things that are really not united at oh, yeah, all. It's always been the case. When I was on a council group before, you know, we had discussions in the council group meetings and then we all went out and voted the same way because we discussed and agreed. And, mm. you know, the thing that pulls us together is the fact that we all support independence. We've got this well, that is true. big yes. thing that we're yes. all fighting for, so we all, we all pull in the same direction. True enough. Yes, uh, exactly. You can all agree on that. What caught your eye at PMQs, John? Uh, well, Jeremy Corbyn talking about Brexit and uh, the impact on the car industry, of the current uncertainty. Uh, which, who cares about the car industry? Well, right? I noticed people, that, but you know, I bet I'm, many I, people I, I will gamble that Kirsty knows a, has a figure on this, but I don't. But everyone knows services are more important than actual building stuff. Yeah, everyone's obsessed with building Land Rovers in Birmingham. Well, that's partly because the car makers have said very clearly and explicitly that... Um, if they don't get a Brexit deal that works for them, then they're going to have to stop investing in the UK. So what? Services are more important. <laughs> uh, I mean, leaving us... It doesn't really matter if they're more important or not. When you have an industry that's employing thousands of people and is responsible for many thousands more jobs in the supply chain, you, you need them to stay. I mean, other things are important too. That's... It's just—it's a bit Corbyn, isn't it? He's harking back to the 1970s when you know it's all well, about industry. No, it's not are, about industry anymore. It's about services. These are high te- no, These are high-tech industries doing a lot of research and development in the UK. They're providing skilled jobs, uh, yeah. high-paying jobs. Being an engineer at Jaguar Land Rover or at Nissan actually pays a really good salary. These are jobs yeah. we want in this country, and we need to keep them. Um, SNP finance spokesman, do you know the figure on services versus? Non, you know, manufacturing. In relation to the to the EU, I'm not entirely sure. Um, oh, we've got but, way more services. But actually, than if you right? think about um, if you think about the contribution to productivity figures, mm. high value manufacturing is amazing for productivity. Um, so you know, given that the UK's productivity figures are rubbish in comparison to some other countries, um, then actually what we need to focus on is some of the manufacturing things. And the other thing that the government has been rubbish on mm. is looking at those areas where there will be a kind of decimation of a community by the loss of an industry. Mm. So, and if you look at the UK government's figures that they put out on the economic impact of Brexit, the northeast of England, the north of England in general, was looking to be hit really, really hard. And that's because... They you know, voted for it, that's why. That's because that's, they voted for it. That's because they have less services. 
uh, fewer services. Uh, yeah, okay. Less or fewer. Um, and they have more reliance on manufacturing in their economy. And actually, losing the customs union is a major, major issue for those places yeah. that export and import. I mean, you know about communities being uh, affected because the northeast oil has been affected hugely in the last few years. I'm still confused as to why this hasn't been a bigger deal, frankly. Um, but it does quite, give you. It's been a huge deal. Obviously, in the northeast, <laughs> but I mean, in Westminster, you know, in terms of why the government's not been doing more about it, if you like. But it gives you some sort of insight, right? Well, you, you know what? Absolutely, it's really been not easy in the northeast of yeah. Scotland in the past kind of few years with the the um, massive crash in the oil price, and there was a huge number of redundancies. Yeah. And if you look at the kind of unemployment figures in the northeast of Scotland. They were way higher in the past few years than they've been mm. in, you know, the past sort of three decades, yeah, yeah. if you like. So it has had an um, absolutely massive impact. Absolutely. Yeah. And it gives um, you some sort of insight to what might be coming down the road Brexit wise. <sighs> or maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows what's going to happen with Brexit? Does anybody actually know? Does anybody, do you think anybody could actually say what's going to happen with Brexit with any sort of... <coughs> Well, uh, no, I, I don't think I don't think Theresa May knows. I mean, there's a lot of. Um, I wasn't suggesting. I don't think she's the best person. To well, ask, she... <laughs> but I mean, you know, there might be some clever person somewhere who could predict all this. But there isn't, is there? No, there isn't. There isn't. There's Anybody's a big event guess. taking place in um, uh, London on Saturday when we've got the uh, the People's Vote March, yeah. and uh, the organisers hoping to get more than uh, more than a hundred thousand people, which is uh, what they got last time they held one of these events back in uh, June, I think it was. Um, is that going to be any good? I thought, um, I thought I might go, good, go yeah. just for something to do on Saturday. There's, there's going to be some interesting speakers and, and fun to be had, but is yeah. it just going to be a load of Ramonas, uh, like Alistair Campbell being moaning and playing his bagpipes? A lot of celebrities have sponsored coaches. Yeah, and, are they actually uh, going to turn up? I might yeah, actually I go and see some celebrities, but I don't want to see coaches, <laughs> do I? Uh, no, I, th- I think a lot of them are actually going to be on these coaches. Oh, okay, um, like who? Well, I, I can't guarantee they're going to be there, but I know coaches have been sponsored by uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, Steve Coogan, um, Alistair Campbell, very excitingly, uh, Michael Heseltine. They're not celebrities. The, they don't care as celebrities. I'd love to see Stewart's Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Steve Stewart Coogan. and Steve Coogan, I'll take yeah. right? The fact that you've had to go down to Alistair Campbell and... Uh, um, the guy like Lord <laughs> Heseltine after you know your third and fourth uh, Delia Smith um, oh cool blimey the, yeah. guy, the guy who played the Star Trek captain in Star Trek Discovery he was Malfoy or something in Harry Potter oh him oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a lot of them. It's got a lot of big names taking part in it. Um, well, you haven't really sold it to me. I don't think I'll bother. I thought I might just go for you know something to do on a Saturday afternoon. And apparently the SNP is sending somebody. I hear Ooh. that's what we were told yesterday. But uh, I don't know who. Oh, what a, a, a politician or celebrity? No, you a think politician. politicians are celebrities? A politician. I mean, we're going to have. Uh... Is it you? No, it's not me. Who is it? I'm not saying. So you know. You'll find out. You know. So you know who it is. You'll find out. Well, it can't be Nicola because I, when I was texting you to say right, we're podcasting today, I remember that I texted you to say why don't the SNP back a people's vote and you didn't reply. Now uh-huh. it's because you were on holiday and had something better to do than immediately reply to my text. Seems unlikely. Uh, or is it because you knew at that point that Nicola was going to possibly sort of half-heartedly back a people's vote? Sorry, I didn't see your text. Yeah, <laughs> I think you knew. I think you knew. <laughs> Who's it going to be? Is it going to be somebody senior? You'll find out. Well, how... All right, well, how keen are the SNP on a people's vote? Because I wrote that piece saying the SNP don't want a people's vote because they're worried that they'd have to have one if they won independence. And then a few weeks later, Nicola says, well, we'll have a people's vote if you want. Do you know what? As, as has been, as, as Nicola said, 
if the people change their mind, if there's a dramatic change in circumstances, then you know it's absolutely right to have another vote on something like that. And but you'll only know if they've changed their mind by having the vote. That. I think you can probably see by the polling, actually, that people now think that Brexit's going to be more negative than they did. And do you know what? People in Scotland didn't vote for Brexit no. in the first place. Um, is that the game? Is The game is, all right, we'll back a people's vote, but obviously it would come before the Commons and the SNP would say, well, we'll vote for this, but we need a clause saying that if Scotland votes two-thirds in, then we get to stay in the single market or something. Is that the thinking here? Is that you can build some sort of safeguard into whatever bill is brought forward? A backstop, if you like. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Um, We'll we'll have to wait and see. But, um, you know, our position has always been we should stay in the single market and customs union. Our position on that is, you know, that is our position. And actually, it would be better if we were an independent Scotland in the EU. That would be great. But the next best position is um, staying in the single market and customs union for the whole UK. Because actually, you know, having just spoken about the north of England, yeah. um, I think it would be better for lots of places, for everywhere, for them well, to stay in the EU. All right, I'll come back to that in just a second. First of all, um, who's it going to be then? Come to this thing on Saturday. You'll find out on Saturday. Right. Who have you got? You'll it's not you. It's not Nicola. Everyone else in the SNP is rubbish. Come on, that's not. Good. They're not going to be a big draw, are they? Who's going to? You know what, Mike Russell? Oh, everybody's going to queue up to see him. I mean, you know, he's a good man, born in Kent. Yeah, you know, I've got a lot of time for Mike Russell. But find um, out. is it going to be Sean Connery? And um, hey, that would be great, wouldn't it? Ah, that's not a no. That's not a no. Is it going to be that man who played the baddie in Goldeneye? Do you know this? What's this... his name? Alan. Oh. This game's not going to work. And he was in X Men too. Alan. On... Oh. Come on, John. You like your superhero films. He was in X-Men 2 and he played the guy who kept disappearing. Alan Cumming. Ah, Is it him? Cumming. Um, look, I'm not saying oh. anything more, right? I've, you know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not sure whoever it is would change my mind. Unless it was I do Nicola. like, do you know, I do like taking the kids along to things like that. Oh, well, that's um, what I thought. Yeah, if it's um, half term, you no, know, no, you could not... be hanging around London for the weekend and think, oh, I'll just pop along and give a little speech no, and fire up the masses. You were talking about whether or not to go. I think it's a great, I think it's a really good experience for young people to be involved in politics in that way. Yeah. And so it's really nice that we did the Pride March in Aberdeen, which yeah. was amazing with the kids the, and they had a fabulous time. It was just yeah. absolutely brilliant. Really and I think good. things like that are really important. Mm. Um, it was funny speaking to the kids at the pride march because i was like you know they were like, what, what's happening so i said yeah. this is why we're marching we're marching because we believe that you should you know be able to to marry or love whoever you want mm-hmm. and they said yeah but you are well, um, so it was yes. really nice that they you know it was not even a question in their minds yeah well indeed that's that is nice um john the racists of birmingham do you want to talk <laughs> about that that came up at pmq's uh, strictly speaking, Solihull, which is a town next to Birmingham. Uh, yeah, this is a story that, um, that the Birmingham Mail uh, published. Who wrote that then? I wrote it. Oh, you did? Yeah. I wrote it. Which is to do with um, the Green Party producing a document for activists, basically um, telling them that if they canvassing and they meet a BNP voter, not to put the BNP voter off going to vote. It specifically says we want them to go to the polling station. Good, everyone should vote. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the argument. Why is that a story, John? I don't understand. That's the argument that the Green Party uses. Well, because um, some people feel that it's wrong to try people to vote. Try to get votes from BNP supporters. And uh, the Prime Minister Theresa May uh, agreed with that uh, sentiment today in the House of Commons. Because it turns out that uh, Nazis actually like the Greens. That was the claim, wasn't it? That the Nazis would all turn up at the polling station and go, "Oh, hang on, there's not a Nazi on the polling on the uh, list, so I'll vote Green instead." That is precisely what the document says. That is what the Green Party has told its <laughs> activists. 
could could happen. Is there any basis for that, or did they just is that just from the university of things made up in their head? Well, I I, I don't know, but I mean, I think the theory is that if you're a BNP supporter, you're likely to have a problem with sort of the mainstream parties. Yeah. You're probably not going to vote Labour or Tory. So the theory is that if there's no BNP candidate. If you can encourage this person to go and vote, there's a chance that they'll vote for a smaller party, such as the Greens. Now, I I can't imagine if that's true or not, but that, that's the thinking behind it. Fair enough. Um, that's just bizarre. I mean, I do think that everybody should vote. Like, yeah, it would be really nice if, if everybody did turn out to vote. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, on the doors yeah. on polling day, we wouldn't be seeing anybody other than SNP supporters. Are you remembering it's polling day? If we pitch up at the door and somebody says, I'm a Labour supporter, why are the SNP at my door? We're not going to say, are you remembering to go and vote? Mm. You know, we're just going to toddle off and leave them to it. Well, that's no good. You hate democracy as well. That's awful. You should tell them to go and vote. I tell it. Do you know what? I tell everybody to, to go and vote on Facebook and things like that. But actually, on the door, I'm not I'm probably not going to remind them. Um, uh, that's an interesting question. Isn't it? I think you probably should, shouldn't you? You think I should remind shouldn't them? You? Morally? Because um, voting is more important than winning. Getting everyone to vote, isn't getting it? Getting everybody to vote would be... Well, how many politicians that's do you know? That's a good moral maze, isn't it? How many politicians do you know that would really prefer for the people who oppose them to go and vote? Well, Caroline Lucas, Sean Berry, uh, they are the man that leads the Greens. I don't know who the, who's the... Who's the Jonathan Bartley? Yeah, is, it, is, there a big, is there a big green presence in Birmingham? Is there a famous green well, person in, from in, Birmingham that was putting out these leaflets? In Solihull, uh, the Green are the second largest party. Oh. The Lib Dem vote collapsed. Who's, who's their leader there? I don't know. No, I, I think no, they I haven't got anybody a, famous. I think it's a chap who wrote the leaflet, actually. Back Chris kids out of the Scottish Parliament. Ross Greer. There you go. another famous Greer. He must... Patrick on. Harvey is Yeah, all well, the Scottish Greens are separate, aren't they? So they actually yeah. have nothing to do with they it. So we can't market. tar them with the wanting Nazis to vote brush. No, you can't. Um, well, I think... Well, I don't know. That's, that's a moral maze. I think I would go out there and say Nazis should vote. Because everyone should vote. And if everybody voted, then we'd all outvote the Nazis and that'd be fine. And then we could go, ah, ha, ha, you only got 12 votes, you idiots, go away. Am I wrong? <laughs> or should we tell Nazis to stay at home? Well, a whole, it's, 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 always, it's always quite satisfying in a council election where parties that have got racist policies only yes. get less than 10 votes yes. or, you know, less than 50 votes or something like that. That's quite satisfying. There we go. Um, Nick Hurdley with your political. You don't get Nazis on the BBC Scotland politics podcast, do you? Hey, hey. Um, that's something we've got over them. Don't go and listen to them. Um, I didn't even know that. the BBC got a Scottish political podcast? I don't think so. I don't even know what it is. I don't know. No, you don't want to go looking for that. Um, I would also give heads up to Danielle Rowley at BMQs because I thought her question about universal credit taking money from women and giving it to men is quite important. Um, I know, I think some of your colleagues have raised this before as well. Yes. It's a big issue, but I think... Um, and because, you know, I think Danny Rowley's quite good and having seen Leslie Laird at Scottish Questions stand up and say, I know a good school and you are bad Tories, you think, why, why how, is she How does it do that? Them? Explain this to me. How does it take money away from... Uh, it, it transfers from the purse to the wallet because, well, traditionally, uh, benefits were all paid to men because they worked and then they gave money to their wives if they felt like it. Obviously, women's rights existed and made sure that benefits were paid to women 
individually, independently, etc., etc., and somehow universal credit is now taking some of the, the benefits that were paid specifically to women and are being paid to households, yes. so they get split between the purse and the wallet. Oh, I mean, it's I quite see. sexist to suggest women mm. have purses and men have wallets. Um, but, but, the, but the logic is that if you're particularly in an abusive relationship yeah. where somebody is controlling the, the, the finances, then actually if there's separate payments made to to both of the adults in that household then the woman has or the person that's been abused has got more ability to yeah. kind of squirrel yeah. some of that away whereas um you know if if it's all given to the one person who's you know the main breadwinner or whatever in that house then you end up in a situation where the finances are unbalanced there's there's much more there's much more um possibility for kind of that that abusive control in those yeah. situations yeah. and also it's just not very fair yeah. yeah, it's bad. And the PM went, yeah, I don't like domestic abuse, but, you know, whatever. was essentially our answer, which is brilliant. Universal credit is going to be a car crash eventually, isn't it? It's all going to go wrong. But, uh, well, I think it is. Yeah. Well, it, it is, is but, yes, but it's yeah. sort of, it's going to, it hasn't quite hit the whatever it's going to hit yet. It's really not in my constituency this month, and I'm pretty worried about it, to be honest. Really? Are you? Because Andrew Berry says the people in his work job centres cannot wait to roll out universal credit. Like people working in the job centre. Apparently. Like people, you know, OK. But then they also uh, have to rent, face all the, comp- the, the... In areas where it's been rolled out, uh, rent arrears have risen, yeah. uh, feed bank use has risen. Yeah. It, it really is a, a disaster. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's, it's, I think it was on the news quiz, they said it's something everyone agrees is good, but nobody knows how to do it. I mean, our position, <laughs> our position is, as it has been that there are so many issues with universal credit um, that we need to be in a position where they stop it just now Yeah. Um, fix the problems that we've highlighted like mm-hmm. the rape cause um, like the the issues about the payments, uh, about you know splitting payments, um, like the um, uh, additional payments that you get in terms of disabilities and things yeah, like that yeah. they need to fix that and they also need to undo the benefits freeze that there's been yes um because basically well, what they've done is they've put in place this universal credit which actually was supported by parties across the house and mm. it wasn't just the tories mm. but then george osborne Didn't said well, what we're going to do is we're going to reduce the total amount in the mm. pot, so everybody's going to get less, mm. which didn't didn't make sense. So it doesn't replace the previous benefits. It replaces the previous benefits and then cuts a big slice off the top. Yeah, um, we might be talking about this for some weeks to come, I suspect, as it's, it plays out uh, like Brexit. But when the government has done a small U-turn on this in the sense that it's announced that only a small number of people are going to be transferred onto universal credit next mm, year when yes. it was expected that a large number would be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're delaying some of what they're doing until uh, 2020 and up to 2023. Yes. So they seem to recognise that there's a problem, but whether or not they're actually going to uh, solve the problem or just uh, delay it for a year or two is what we don't know. Indeed. Um, and what we're also going to be talking about for the next few weeks is the new feature, yeah. which is called Crisps or a Meal which has doesn't have a jingle yet, but it's going to go... Um, I need to get it right around. A me- uh, crisps or a meal? A meal or crisps? Which will they choose? They will choose which... Come on, that's a good lyric, isn't it? That's a good lyric. It's like Dr. Seuss. And then people can write in with their own verses about their favourite crisps. I'm working on a Monster Munch one, but I haven't quite got there yet. Um, in which... This is based on Martin Donnelly, former Chief Permanent Secretary at the... Uh, Department of International Trade who said leaving the EU is like swapping a three-course meal for a packet of crisps. Now, is that an easy choice? And every week I will get my guest to guess what the next guest is going to choose. So we'll start with... Well, I'll tell you what, let's do it in the room. John, will Kirsty pick crisps or a meal? 
uh, a meal because she's sensible. Do you think? Yeah. I think she likes crisps. Well, I like crisps that's what too. I think. I think you know it depends what the meal is, of course. But anyway, um, that will be the, that's a supplementary question. What would you choose? I do like crisps. Yeah. But I'm pretty hungry. Ah, so well, okay. I think a meal would be preferable. At well, this that's an interesting time. point. Depends what, day, what if you've just had a meal, you don't want another one, do you? You want a packet of crisps? That is true. That ah. is absolutely true. Um, what meal would you choose? What meal would I choose? Yeah. Am I getting a three-course meal? Is that what he said? Uh, is that concerning? Can I just have a? Can I not have a three-course meal? No, you don't have to have a three-course meal. Okay. I mean, well, depends how much you like the EU. If you think it's worth <laughs> three courses, two courses, or one, really. Well, absolutely, three courses. But oh, okay. in this case, I think probably something like lasagna. Not a rowie. That's not a meal. Is it not? I don't no. really know what a rowie is, but I thought that's all you ate in Aberdeen. So a rowie is basically exactly like a croissant, but instead yeah, of... it's like a fatty roll. Wait, wait, wait. Instead of butter, it's got lard yeah. and it's flat. Yeah. <laughs> See, um, I thought if you came from Aberdeen, you had to say you're going to... You could have that for a starter. Do you know what? You wouldn't want anything you're after gonna, that. Though, you're going to have an argument about what they're called. Are they rowies oh, or are they butteries? butteries. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, lasagna. So I like lasagna. Okay. Um, Where's know. the best lasagna you've had? I don't know. I quite like cooking, so I would tend Ooh, to make those lasagna. things. Oh, I love paella. We had paella oh, the other night. Oh, it's that's amazing. a bit of a fag to me. Paella is no much easier than risotto. Is it? Should yeah. It's just the same, isn't it? Yeah, there's a good Jamie Oliver recipe for paella. But then don't you have to put like seafood in it? You, well, you don't have to. Okay. You can. Yeah, we that's going to be a fag. We don't, prawns are a massive fag, aren't they? A fag? What's yeah. a fag? Like a, just a, a, a waste of time, like a, a, a drag. <laughs> ah. A fag. Is that not mm. a thing in Scotland? No. Say something's a fag? Well, I've never... It's not a word that... Oh, okay. No. Is that a thing? John, does that, that make sense to you, right? It does make sense to me, yeah. Okay, so it's got as far as north as Birmingham. You're a secret salmon, are you? It's got as far north as Birmingham. <laughs> well, mm. yeah, it's sort of. I say born in the same place as Mike Russell. Me and Mike Russell, both Kentish men. Oh. Yeah. No, I like prawns, particularly, you know, the... So my... I'm from my dad's family are from a fishing village and you used to get a uh, langoustine which we called prans. Oh lovely. Um prans. Yeah. Is that an actual word or is that just a different way of saying prawns? It's uh, the Doric for right, prawns. Right. Okay. Um and you would get langoustine and like fresh off the boat and oh they were oh. just unbelievably good. But Ooh. Scotland exports most of our langoustine, which is a shame. And you wouldn't give we that up. Have more. You wouldn't give that up for a packet of prawn cocktail crisps. No, I do like uh, see, okay. Uh, next week's guest, Ian Murray. Well, now, we've had some issues trying to squeeze Ian Murray into the studio before, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I think this might be an easy one, but will he go for crisps? Will he go for a meal? I think Ian Murray, as a remainer, will go for a meal. What will he go for? Oh, tough one. Um, I'll maybe he'll go for something Scottish, yeah, I reckon. Pie, yeah. pie and chips. Mince and tatties. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a great game, this, isn't it? It this is, yeah. This is going to be, the whole country's going to be talking about this in a few weeks. They're going to go, why would I want to listen to, to BBC's podcast? They don't have a game based on whether crisps are better than a Do meal. Do you know you're really selling this? What? BBC's podcast. No, why? Because it, it's not got a game based on crisps or a meal. I didn't, I didn't know it was a thing before you mentioned. I'm going to go and listen to it now. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that for the rest of the next few weeks as well. I'm just going to have to try and slag them off at every opportunity. Um, right, I will say, until they invite me on, um, I will say uh, thank you to Kirsty and thank you to John for this comeback episode of... Uh, 
Political Yeti's Politics Podcast. I had to think about what it's called. If you want to get in touch, I am at Political Yeti on Twitter. I am politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email. On my website is james-miller.com where you can go and see all about my writing and buy my book, which is called Dad, Don't Babysit. Uh, come back next week for another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcast. Thank you. He says, making a weird racket at the end.